Welcome to the Faith Life Fellowship Podcast with Dr. Scott Forrest. In today's message, Dr. Forrest presents part two of his series, Don't Stop. All right, praise the Lord. I'm going to put my professor glasses on. Uh, actually, that's a line from the Nutty Professor. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, you know what? During these times, a little humor helps every once in a while. All right. Praise the Lord. Today, I'm going to continue our series on Don't Stop. Don't Stop. Part two. So last week I introduced the series, and I believe it's aptly named because it's all about two vitally important things that you don't want to stop doing if you're going to live a powerful and victorious life in Christ. Not only do I feel that these don't stop exhortations are important year round, but I think they're especially relevant as we enter into the year 20. 21. Part one, which we covered last week, was called Don't Stop Praying This Way. And it was all about how to pray spirit-led prayers. And we learned that spirit-led prayers can have a powerful impact on your life, the lives of your family and friends, the lives of your fellow saints, the life of your nation, and the life of your world. So if you missed part one, I highly recommend that you go to our podcast from last Sunday service, dial it up, and give it a listen. Today, in part two, we're going to turn our attention to Don't Stop Exhortation number two. Part two, Don't Stop Believing God for the Impossible in Your Life. I'll say it again, Don't Stop Believe in God for the impossible in your life. You know, many of us have dreams that we believe that God spoke into our hearts. It'd be very unusual if you didn't feel that way. Some more recently than others, but if you're a serious believer who's been walking with the Lord for a reasonable length of time, you probably have something that you feel like the Lord has laid on your heart to accomplish on this earth. And there's a reason you feel that way. God put that in your heart. If you're born again, if you're a believer, you have this in your heart. I'm going to show it to you in the scriptures. If you would turn in your devices or in your Bible to 2 Timothy 1.9. We'll be reading from the New King James Version. I love this because I get to talk about space and time. Who, that is God, has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Amen. I love saying that. But think about that. Before time began, before the universe was created, God saw you before you were born. He knew your name and he had a destiny for you 
billions and billions and billions of years ago. Amen. I find that fascinating. Whether it was a word from God, a vision, a dream, or something that just keeps stirring on the inside, our calling is the thing that drives us. It's the thing that moves us. It's the thing that consumes our thoughts more often than not. And in order for that dream to come to pass in your life, you sooner or later are going to have to believe God for the impossible in your life. After all, if it doesn't take the impossible to achieve, then you could do it in your own power, in your own strength, and you would get the glory, not God. But if it's something that's not going to happen unless God gets directly involved, it's probably a God dream. So I've got four reasons why people don't believe God or stop believing God for the impossible in their lives. My number one reason why people don't believe God or stop believing God for the impossible in their lives is this. Number one, when they size up the task at hand, what it is they believe God has called them to do, They look at who they are in the natural and not who they are in the power of God. And many times they give up before they start. Gideon, who was a famous judge in Israel, was tempted in this way. If you would turn to Judges chapter 6, verse 11 through 14. New King James Version, Judges 6, 11 through 14. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash, the Abiezrite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. Gideon said to him, O my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites." It might feel like the Lord has forsaken us in this hour, but I assure you, He has not. Verse 14, Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? If you keep reading the passage, Gideon goes on to say, Our tribe, Manasseh, is the least of all the tribes of Israel. Our family is the least family in the tribe, and I'm the least person in my family. He said, I'm the least of the least of the least. I would say it like this. In all of Israel, Lord, I represent the most insignificant and unqualified person you could ever have picked. Thank God... 
Gideon was finally persuaded to see himself as the deliverer that God had called him to be. You know, God sees you different than the way you see yourself. He sees you as more than a conqueror. He sees you as an overcomer. He sees you filled with the power of God. Why would you be afraid of anything? Or anyone for that matter. So after some persuasion, Gideon eventually delivered the Israelites out of bondage to the Midianites. Do you see yourself as totally unqualified to pursue the dream that God has placed in your heart? Because if you do, you're in good company. I like what Andrew Womack says. God's never had anybody qualified working for him yet. So why would he start with you? So set yourself free and remember that God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Amen? So my number two reason why people don't believe God or stop believing God for the impossible in their lives is this. Number two, when tough times come, they begin to wonder if they really heard from God at all. They begin to doubt the call of God on their lives. You know, Joseph had a dream from God. But there were times when he wondered if that dream would ever come to pass. Turn with me to Psalm chapter 105. We'll be reading verse 17 through 19 in the King James Version because King Jimmy just says it the best. Psalm 105, 17 through 19. Talking about Joseph. He sent a man before them, even Joseph, who was sold for a servant, whose feet they hurt with fetters. He was laid in iron. Listen to this. This is so awesome. Until the time that his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. That word there, tried, means tested. Listen, Joseph was thrown into a pit by his jealous brothers And eventually sold into slavery in Egypt. His brothers lied to their father Jacob and said that he'd been killed by a wild animal. But he was given a dream when he was just 17 years old. Where he saw himself elevated to a position of honor and authority over his entire family. A bit of a side note here, but I find it interesting that That dream is addressed here in Psalm 105 as the word of the Lord. Notice it says here in verse 19, Until the time that his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. What word of the Lord? The word of the Lord that came to him in the form of a dream. That tells me that sometimes the word of the Lord will come to you in the form of a dream or a vision. Something you can hold on to when tough times come. You got a picture of the end result that God has prophesied over you. You have a picture. I like to think about it like this. You've got a picture of victory that you can lay hold on when times get tough. Because make no mistake about it. If you got a dream from God... If you got an impossible dream from God, 
There will be times when that dream, that word from the Lord will be tested. When those fetters of iron dug into his ankles as he lay in that horrible, smelly dungeon. Probably half starved and half naked. You got to know there were plenty of opportunities for him to wonder if he really heard from God at all. Would his dream ever come to pass or would it just wither away with him in that dungeon? During tough times, you just got to hold fast to what you know the Lord spoke to you. Whether it was a word, whether it was a dream, or whether it was a vision. My number three reason why people don't believe God or stop believing God for the impossible in their lives is this. Number three, they begin to think that too much time has passed since they received their word from God. And it's no longer possible for God to fulfill his word. You know, time has a way of eroding our confidence in God's ability to pull off the things we've been believing God for. For a lifetime. Abraham and Sarah were tempted in this way. They were first told by the Lord that they would have a son when Abraham was 75 years old and Sarah was 65 years old. They were already barren. And it was already impossible in the natural for them to have a child. But then after 25 years of waiting... And making a lot of mistakes along the way, God reiterated His promise to Abraham and Sarah and tells them the time has come for the Son of Promise to be born. Only now, listen to me, Abraham was 99 and Sarah was 89. Which in my book makes it way more impossible than 75 and 65. Way more. Hebrews 11.11 says that through faith, Sarah received strength to conceive a child. That word there, strength, is the Greek word dunamis. It means explosive power. So you could read it like this. Sarah, by faith, received explosive power in her body to conceive a child. I mean, think about it. After about 35 years of menopause, she had to get all her hormones going again so that she could produce an egg and be able to nourish that egg once it became an embryo in her womb. Absolutely beyond impossible in the natural. But you know, the things that are impossible with men are possible with God. Amen. So if we were to recap the first three reasons that people stop believing God for the impossible in their lives, they're all kind of related. They all involve elevating circumstances above the word, the dream, the vision that the Lord has given unto us. Amen? But the last one, the last one I have for you is a category that stands all by itself. 
And you may or may not be able to identify with it. My number four reason why people don't believe God or stop believing God for the impossible in their lives is this. Number four, they have accomplished many or all of their lifelong dreams and think there are no more big dreams to be dreamed. Let me give you a couple of examples. One from the sports world and one from the world of space exploration. Michael Jordan, arguably the best, the greatest basketball player of all time, helped the Chicago Bulls win back-to-back NBA titles in 1991, 1992, and 1993. Then he took a break to play professional baseball because he was looking for another challenge. Then he comes back to basketball and helps the Bulls win back-to-back NBA titles again in 1996, 1997, and 1998. Now, I don't follow the NBA. I'm more of a college basketball guy. But that's a record I don't think anybody's going to top anytime soon. And it is worthy of respect and admiration. That is an incredible feat. Can you imagine Michael Jordan, what he must be dreaming for now? How are you going to top that? Let's talk about Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin. In July of 1969, just nine years after President Kennedy promised to land a man on the moon by the end of the decade, Apollo 11 sent three men to the moon. Michael Collins piloted the command module which remained in orbit around the moon while Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin flew the lunar module and landed on the surface of the moon. Listen, and they did all this in what amounts to glorified tin cans with computer systems that had no more than 25K of RAM. Simply amazing if you knew all the amazing things that had to happen to complete this mission and return them home safely over 50 years ago. So my question to you is this. How in the world do you top being the first human beings to walk on the moon? Well, the answer is this. You should always dream bigger. Even if to dream bigger seems impossible. This is especially true for Christians in ministry because of the potential to impact lives for eternity. You see, when you put the spiritual dimension to it, it becomes easier to see that you can believe God for bigger and better and more impossible things every step of the way until you go to be with Jesus. Amen. I want to share a portion of mine and Trisha's testimony to illustrate this last point. And ask the question, how do you dream big again when you've achieved almost everything you've ever wanted to achieve in your life in ministry? My wife said, do you have my permission? I hope so. 
In the summer of 1995 and 1996, Trish and I suffered a major setback in our life in ministry. It was the biggest wrong turn we'd ever made, and even though God had given us big dreams to pursue, many of which we had achieved, we were essentially starting over. So by the time 1997 rolled around, Trish and I were asked to help out as children's workers at our home church, Word of Life Center in Shreveport, Louisiana. In addition to that, we were asked by another couple to help them with a prison ministry that they had established in the state prison systems of northern Louisiana. A short while later, they turned over an entire prison facility to us, and we went from ministering once a month to ministering once a week at this facility. That was an experience. I remember the first time when Trisha and I went into the classroom, and there was about 35 inmates in there, and the guards stepped out and locked the door and left us in there. And my wife kind of whispered in my ear, are you sure about this? Can you protect me? Well, I said the angels are going to have to protect you. Amen. Meanwhile, as we started to dabble in ministry again, I began flying again for the Air Force Reserve at Barksdale Air Force Base. Big part of my dreams was flying. Even though I had left active duty, the Lord had permitted me to continue flying with the Air Force Reserve. But anyway, even though Trish and I felt like we would never get back to where we were before in terms of favor, in terms of ministry opportunities, we put our hands to the plow and decided to take on a servant's heart. In the midst of all this, I was driving home from the base one day, contemplating our humble circumstances, when the word of the Lord came to me in a powerful way. He spoke to me clearly on the inside. I call it the audible voice on the inside. I was just driving down the highway, and I heard him say, Believe me for the impossible, and I will do it. It shocked me. And then he said it again, Believe me for the impossible, and I will do it. At the time, I was facing significant obstacles in my flying career, and Trish and I were facing equally impossible odds in our ministry dreams. I was flying for the reserves in a hostile environment, constantly fighting the wing commander, a general who didn't like me and was dedicated and doing his level best to getting me booted out of the unit. Meanwhile, Trish and I taught third graders at our church every Sunday, and we ministered every Thursday night at the prison we were assigned to. But we knew we were where we were supposed to be, and we were faithful to put our hands to whatever the Lord had given us to do, no matter how insignificant or how trivial it might have been or might have seemed to others. We just made up our mind we were going to serve the Lord. So fast forward 18 years, and our faithfulness had borne fruit in ways that we never dreamed possible. Trish and I had been promoted in ministry in several areas and were running the two-year Bible school at our home church in Shreveport. 
I had retired from the Air Force Reserve at the rank of Lieutenant Colonel with almost 6,000 hours of flying time in 12 different military aircraft, had completed my Ph.D. in engineering, and was director of the Technology Transfer Center for Louisiana Tech University. Our prison ministry had expanded to the point that we were running a two-year Bible school inside a maximum security prison. It was so successful that we decided to take something off our plate and turned it over to another minister to run. And I began to wonder if I might need to rest on my laurels a bit, take a few more things off my plate. I said to myself, you've done enough. Time to coast for a while. Take up golf. Relax a little. Stop trying so hard. Why waste time and energy on anything else lofty or extremely difficult to achieve? But God would not let me stay in that non-dreaming state for long where I wasn't believing God for anything. There were other dreams to be dreamed, other mountains to climb, other goals to achieve. Once again, 18 years later, the Lord spoke to me. This time it took the form of a whisper in my ear. I began to hear a voice in my ear, sometimes during worship, sometimes while reading my Bible, sometimes while driving, sometimes as I drifted off to sleep, but the words were always the same. And this is what I heard over and over for a period of many weeks. You are known in heaven as one that does not give up easily. Don't stop believing God for the impossible in your life. Let me say that again. You are known in heaven as one that does not give up easily. Don't stop believing God for the impossible in your life. So I finally asked the Lord why I kept hearing these words over and over again. He told me that an angel had been sent to keep reminding me not to take my faith off the line, but to always have something in front of me that I was believing God for in my life. Something that he had placed in my heart. Something that was impossible. Something that would not and could not come to pass without his direct involvement. Something that I could not achieve in my own strength and in my own power. You see, after 10 years as the director of Word of Life School of Ministry with my wife as my administrative assistant, Trish and I, we had become content. We had a good gig. I had retired from flying and had become a university professor, a technology center director, a Bible school director. Trish was my assistant at the Bible school and was fully operating in her organizational gifts to help me run the school. Our combined salaries put us well into six figures. We would have been happy to do these things for the rest of our lives. That is until the summer of 2015 when the Lord supernaturally led us here to Wilmington to pioneer this church. We thought we were coming to pastor another church, but we soon realized 
that to implement the vision that God had birthed in our hearts, we would have to start a work of our own. And that's where the dream of Faith Life Fellowship got its start. And though we stand in the midst of relatively humble beginnings, facing significant obstacles, the dream for this church is big. So to wrap this up, I'd like to say I believe this is the word of the Lord to Faith Life Fellowship Church for 2021, both as individuals and as a church. I challenge you to pray differently this year than you did before. Don't stop believing God for the impossible in your life. Amen. Don't stop believing God for the impossible in your life. If God has given you a vision, a dream, a word, a prophecy, or a stirring in your heart, go to God with that picture or with that word as the basis of your prayer or the basis of your confession. 1 Timothy 1.18, New King James Version. 1 Timothy 1.18. Paul is talking to his protege, Timothy. And he says, this charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. Did you catch that? You can actually take the dreams and the visions and the prophecies that God has spoken over you, and you can wage warfare in the heavenlies until you see them come to pass. Luke chapter 1, verse 35 through 38. In the New King James Version, Luke chapter 1, verse 35 through 38. Very familiar passage. The angel Gabriel appears to Mary and says, You have been chosen to birth the Son of God into the world without having relations with a man. Verse 35. And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. Now I want you to see something here before we go on. God is calling Mary to a high level of faith. So to support her and to exhort her and to encourage her, he says, hey, your cousin Elizabeth was barren, but she's now six months pregnant. All we're asking you to do is take that impossibility to another level. He was given her precedent that she could stand on, and she got it. The angel said, because for with God, nothing will be impossible. In other words, he was saying, if he did it for your cousin Elizabeth, he can do it for you. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Why did he leave so quick? Mission accomplished. She received the word. And she said, Be it unto me according to your word. And that is all that the Father needed to bring Jesus into the world. Amen. So let's be like Mary and say to God boldly in prayer, 
Be it unto me, Lord, this year, 2021, even as you have shown it to me, even as you have spoken it to me, amen and amen. We hope you enjoyed part two of Dr. Forrest's series, Don't Stop. If you are blessed by this message and would like to donate to our ministry, you can do so by visiting our website at gofaithlife.com. If you're in the Wilmington area and are looking for a place to worship, come join us on Sunday at 9.45 a.m. for coffee and fellowship and 10.30 for worship and service. If you would like to learn more about us, and hear more of Dr. Forrest's teachings, visit our website at gofaithlife.com. Also, visit and like our Facebook page at Faith Life Wilmington.